Recorded live. Welcome to Scuba Obsessed, episode 18. Uh, we have an uh, interview. We have Shelly Howard's going to be back. And we also will have Scuba in the News, a uh, full pack of, artic- of stories, still ice diving, North Pole wrap-up, scuba diving deadly for people over, old, over, older than 50, UK cave diver's body recovered 39 years after he died, bus sank in the quarry, barber wears scuba gear for fundraiser, underwater river cleanup. I, I think that's enough. Well, good evening, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Uh, interesting stuff in the news. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well, and we also have Shelly on the line with us. Shelly Howard, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you guys? Good, good. Yep, we're, we're, good. we're having a good one. Uh, it's towards the end of a week, so another week in the in the can. So one Yay. day closer to diving. <laughs> no there you kidding. go. So uh, last week we had you on the program, and you had just signed up for your class, and you had it scheduled for Monday and Wednesday of this week. Yep. So how did your classes go? Oh, my gosh. They are so much fun. I can see why this is addicting for people. Certainly. Yeah, we do. First half is academic, and the second half is in the water. Now, was it structured that it was that way on each night? You spent half of your night the first night and then got yeah. in the pool that same night? Yep, yep. That's where it's going to be neat. every night. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Um, and uh, so so how did you do? Was there any troubles or was it super easy for you? It was pretty easy. I did have one little mishap the first night, but it was actually kind of comical. I was having issues with my mask. I tighten it and tighten it and I was still getting water in it. Uh-oh. And then, you know, we, we were learning how to purge our our uh, regulator, but he didn't <clears throat> tell us to just barely tap you know, oh. the purge. <laughs> so I went to purge mine and it blew my mask clean off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Quite comical. I'll bet that got your heart going, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I felt kind of dumb, but yeah. it was funny. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's all a learning experience. That's that's for sure. So so is there anything that you found a challenge this first night? Um, learning how to breathe just through my mouth and not my nose. And I was having a hard time equalizing my ears that first first time. Now now that equalizing that was because your your mask didn't fit. You couldn't get to your nose. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I had a better a better mask last night. I really actually kind of like now. And uh, plus, my friend told me, ID told me, to start equalizing my ears during the day, kind of do it all day long, and that would help me. And it did actually. Yeah, it's, sometimes it can. I, I think that varies person to person, but uh, it's it's not bad to practice. And and I've done kind of the same thing. I'll I'll practice sometime, especially when you're. When you feel okay, but you know you've you were had a cold a, a few days before, you just want to make sure that before you get in the water that there's no residual going on that you can equalize. So and the, it's go a ahead. good habit to get into. Um, as you go, uh, do it before you feel that you need to do it. Do it often as you're doing your descent. 
and uh, it's easier to do it in little increments than it is to once you get a, a big uh, pressure block in there to try and overcome it uh, can cause problems for you. So little baby steps, you know, just keep doing it on the way down and uh, it works out better for me anyway. Yeah, that's kind of what I was what I was doing that night. And then I noticed I, I couldn't get my buoyancy quite right. So I, I was, <laughs> Welcome to scuba. <laughs> yeah. I was up and down constantly, yep. so I was... I was doing it constantly. Yeah. And, and what you'll discover as you start going deeper, it actually is a little bit easier to maintain your buoyancy when you're in deeper water. That shallow is a real challenge. Uh, and it takes a while. Like Jim and I were saying before the show, uh, we, we still haven't perfected it or even got to where I would say that we're experts at it. Uh, you know, there's, there's times where I'll crash in the bottom or I'll get that about 11 feet of blow the surface and then you rock it up so yeah yeah that's what i wouldn't even realize i was almost at the top already you know it comes up on you quickly doesn't it yeah 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 so you get a little bit of that anticipation kind of advanced thinking of where you are in the in the water and and anticipating a little bit Uh, so uh, how deep was the pool that you were in um, twelve feet is the deepest. Twelve feet, so that so that's good to where you can get a little bit of depth, but you're really you're probably just on the beginning to equalize. What about ten feet down? When yeah. You're at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's I've I've always been afraid of the deep end of the pool, and now it's just I can't wait to get to the deep end. Mm-hmm. It's a whole new world that just opened up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What what surprised you most about being underwater? That I wasn't afraid, actually. I really thought that, you know, because my whole life I've been afraid of deep water. Once I got down there and realized I was having no anxiety at all. Did you have any anxiety as you started to go under, or were you pretty much relaxed by that point? Well, I had just from the anticipation of learning something new. Oh, I had yeah. A little bit. Not, not, not bad anxiety, but just kind of that excitement that you get. Yeah, I th- I think that's totally normal. I don't think that's, you know, um, so it's liberating, huh? It, it's kind of oh. opened up. Oh, yeah. This is a blast. Cool I'm having that? so much fun. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of you feel, think, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I, was, oh. I said I was going to think I'm going to, I'm thinking I'm going to take my advanced um, cert on a, a boat trip to the Catalina Islands. July. Oh, that's that's tough. I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend if it's going to be nice out or anything like that. No, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a blast. Yeah, and it's this you know this company does this so. Yeah, that that, that that's not a bad way to do it. Uh, it's nice. It's like we had we had talked about before. It's nice to to get them all back to back. You got that instructor time face to face, and they can help you to continue on with the skills. Uh, you, you never stop learning, but to be able to get into the water and uh, get some get some more refinement with some some advice. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same instructor as well. Oh, okay. So the the dive school that you're you're going with now it's a it's a trip that they've got planned. Yeah, yeah, they plan several a year, but this is specifically for the advanced cert. Oh, wow. Two days, five dives. Yeah, see, I, I, I actually like that even better. I, I've seen some of them where you can do your course up here in the north and then get your final open water down south. But if your instructor isn't going with you, it's a whole different person. So if you, yeah. if you don't quite have that confidence yet, 
it, it can be a little bit of a challenge. Some familiarity, sure. Yeah, and I really like this guy. He's. Uh, I asked him how long he's been diving, and he says since the seventies, actually. Yeah. Before it was really regulated. That's great. Much. Yeah. So he's been diving a while. Yeah. What were um, some of the other people? You said that everybody, uh, when we were talking earlier, said that uh, a lot of the people were going on holiday, and that's why they were taking their classes. What are some of the age age ranges of the people that are taking the uh, the open water class with you? There are, I think, three teenagers, probably 15 to 19, no, four mm-hmm. teenagers. And uh, there's uh, one gal that's probably older than me. She's probably in her mid-40s, and another gal that's probably in her mid-30s. Okay, so that's a pretty pretty good uh, good range. Yeah. But everybody's going on holiday? Everybody's going on a holiday except for me. Dog on them. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're going to Belize, and most of them, I think, are going to the Caribbean. Wow. Yeah, so that requires a little... Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it's a little advanced planning required to be able to do something like that. Oh, yeah. You just... You just you know, it's like normally we, we pick a vacation, and we'll be there, and then go, oh, you know, we should have taken scuba lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the gear that they've provided you, is there anything that you like or dislike about the gear so far? No, just trying to get used to the BCD, mm-hmm. you know, knowing how much to inflate. and That's a little tricky, but not really. No, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, do you guys use the computer or do you guys have a watch and... Does both make sense. Yeah, both, both Jim and I have a computer. Yep. In fact, we actually have the same model. So right. Which which is kind of nice when you when you know your dive buddy's gear, uh, especially for I, I need you know even though I'm a computer guy I, I'm gonna need help with that computer I still haven't figured out all the buttons yet. Yeah. <laughs> and there's two of them. And there's two of them. I know. <laughs> well, I don't get along you, with you, phones can or. Can you use yours his, to read his? You know what I mean. Uh, we we didn't get anything that fancy. They do make them where uh, you can put sending units and you can monitor your your air and your buddy's air, but ours isn't anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice having the same model because you know we can both use the same cable for for downloading the program. And then there's always little intricacies about the computer. You can say, hey, did you know you can do that? So we we've got it's a it's a pretty it's a it's a top, it's not top of the line. But I'd say it's above middle line for an entry level, uh, but then it's not quite up to you know the tech diving or the cave divers. You know they've got stuff that's a little bit more involved. You know we can do nitrox and but you know we can't do trimix gases or anything with our computer. Right now, Shelley, when in your class, uh, what's the take on your instructor uh, in regards to using a, a computer? Do they recommend it? Early in your your diving, or are they recommending that you run the tables and uh, a wristwatch and depth gauge for a while? Well, I think he really wants us to learn the tables, you know, mm-hmm. just so we we know how to use them. But mm-hmm. I think it, I think his point of view is what kind of diving you're going to be doing. If you're just going to do recreational diving just on your holiday and maybe once a year, you know, then just use your tables. But I think for somebody like me who wants to pursue it. You know, he's he's kind of hinting that you might want to use get better gear and right. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There, it's you know, it, there's something to be said for once you, once you've been diving long enough to know what you like and don't like, um, your gear choices will be a little bit better for you. Um, so have you guys covered the tables yet, or is that going to be in your next session? That's the next class. We went over it a little bit. Uh huh. And we went over um, logging our dives a little bit. But he said that's going to be the next class. He just kind of wanted to fill us in so that we kind of have a heads up when we're doing the assignment this week. That's pretty neat, the logging part. Um, I know Darren stays right on top of his log, don't you, Darren? Well, actually, <laughs> I do, but it might be three dives between logs. <laughs> okay. I, I was never much of a journal writer, um, even in English when we had assignments for, for journals and things like that. But I find it very interesting to go back through the logs um, after the fact and, and look at And it's a really neat way to revisit some of the dives that I've done. Um, and uh, it, what kind of information is he suggesting that you guys put in your logs uh, beyond the, the physical data? Um, he hasn't really gotten into that a whole lot. He's just kind of shown us how to write a dive down. Yep. Okay. How to log. How to record the, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, you go deeper than you're supposed to, you actually have to write that depth in and and call it as, you know, your entire dive has to be, you have to record it as that depth. Yes. Right. Right. that's, That's true because you, if you're doing everything off the tables, you want to be able to account for the. The nitrogen you still have in your system for your off-gassing. Right, yeah, that's what he was explaining to us. So we'll get more into it on Monday. Yeah, but uh, kind of kind of what Jim was referring to is is anything you can record. Like uh, if you saw any fish down there, you know how did you like your weighting? Uh, what kind of gear you had? That comes in handy, especially when we're diving in this the water that's changing temperature. So. You know, September comes around, you can say, gosh, what was I diving in last year? And then you can make a note. I was a little cold, and I had my three my three mil gloves on, and I should have been five. So it, it, it's handy to go back to. Also, in dive locations, that's actually something that we've been doing as part of the dive club, is uh, documenting the dives when we dive within a group just so that we have a reference and we can remember the, the locations that we liked and what we saw and what we might change for next time. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a good idea. He hasn't really gotten much into that part yet. Just kind of give it a heads up, you know, kind of make sure you look at your tables this weekend. And yep. Yeah, get get familiar familiar with them in the depths. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, I, I understand that you, you had a, a challenge with your choice of uh, diving suit or swimsuit? Yeah. <laughs> Uh oh! We, we, you knew I had to bring that one up. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I didn't pick a very practical swimsuit, so <laughs> it didn't cover a whole lot. Yeah, and then uh, probably I imagine when you got your BC on and it strapped down, it kind of had effects that you you didn't anticipate that it would have. Yeah, it, it didn't really bother me. I'm sure the the uh, two teenage boys in the class appreciated it. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, uh, they they wouldn't mind at all. So, uh, so you, you went with something a little bit more modest for the next dive. I thought I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I put it on. Oh, this is 
not good. I just, so I just wore a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's always safe. And, uh, and in fact, if, if you watch some of the people in tropical locations, they, they wear skin suits as well. Uh, but yeah, that's I was hoping they would do that. But yeah. Well, and we'll bring up that uh, one of the locations that you're playing and doing your open water cert. There's a video, so we're going to post that up on the website so people can see. But the thing that I was, as I was telling my wife, that that is surprising because, you know, well up here, even in the summer, everybody's got a wetsuit on, and when they're diving in that ninety-some degree water, everybody's in bikinis and swimsuits, and it's just like you see all the skin. Which we just don't necessarily associate <laughs> with scuba yeah. diving. So, uh, yeah, most of us, uh, you know, we're, we're we're ankle to to wrist and and neoprene. Yeah, yeah there is um, no skin showing. Yeah, he says, "Boy, you're going to be spoiled right off the bat." Yeah, as soon as you jump in the water. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm hoping that he teaches us, you know, that we get a, the opportunity to put on a wetsuit. Uh huh. Well, well, the nice thing about the wetsuits nowadays is like Mac, who's in the chat room, will say is that the these ultra-stretch neoprenes are a heck of a lot easier than the old wetsuits used to be. You know, those were a struggle. It took three people to get you in the wetsuit. And, and now these ultra-stretch, they're, they're not bad at all. So yeah, I'd hope, still like to. Yeah, I hope, I hope he teaches us at least. Let's just put one on. And... Yeah. Actually, Jim, I'm trying to remember if anybody taught us how to put it on. It was more like, here's a suit, see if you fit in it. If you don't like it, come out, yeah. try it out. Uh, yeah, well, was... you know, I'm, I'm reading through the manual and it, yeah. they talk about how challenging it can be. It is. It's a, it's a labor of, uh, you know, if you want to dive around here, you've got to do it. It's a lot of work the first time and then slowly it gets to be, you know, it's not so bad and you figure out the little secrets and it's much like uh, the buoyancy on your BC. You can read it in a book and, and all of that, but until you're in the water and you you do it yourself and figure it out yourself, good luck. You're gonna you're gonna struggle with that thing until you figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, I found that uh, that's how I learned the best. <clears throat> not reading or not watching a video, but actually, you know, once I was there, on. actually putting my gear together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and that you're gonna do crazy things. Like it, it took me probably 20 dives to. Make sure, you know, where I didn't have to actively think about which way I was going to have the valve of my tank facing. You know, you're trying to do it all to where nobody notices that. You know, if you, if you got the wrong way, you look around, make sure nobody saw you. You do something <laughs> silly. You know, you got your, your octo and your gauges flipped and going the wrong way. and Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's all part of learning. That's all, you know, setting it up, repetition, doing it right is, mm-hmm. is what. Did you have any... Um, uh, mishaps in your class? Did anybody do anything that was funny that got a good laugh? Or um, usually, there's something like that that goes on. Yeah, there's yeah, there've been a few things. Yeah, people have their their regulators are on. Uh, they're just open. Oh, okay. And they, and they yeah. don't know it, and it's kind of blowing water all over them. Right. Stuff That's like great. that. See, so was that was Jim? I think you blew an O-ring out in a class. Yeah. Yeah, really? yeah, I was I was the example. Of, yes. <laughs> yeah, what not to do? Don't tighten it down too tight, like Jim did. Don't do the <laughs> like Jim did. Yeah. So that's you know that's my lot in life. That's what I do. Well, you were just taking one for the team, uh, right? Now, Shelly, yeah. do you have somebody in the class who you're kind of partnering up with? So you've got like a dive buddy. Yeah, yeah. There's one girl in the class that we we kind of stick together. I think everybody's kind of got a dive buddy. 
Yeah. And, and that's good because that's what really helped Gemini is the, is the fact that you're kind of at the same pace and you watch out for each other. And, you know, it's, it's great to have somebody who will check to make sure your air's on before you jump in. And yeah, yeah, we just, you know, right off the bat, we just kind of clicked and decided we were going to be partners during the class. So. Now, does the dive shop or the store that you're you're working with, uh, do they have a dive club that they sponsor? I, you know, I'm pretty sure they do. I know they they have these trips mm-hmm. all the time, but well, I haven't really asked them that part yet. I'm just trying to absorb as much as I can from my instructor. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure I'll be asking him as soon as I'm done with class. Okay, uh, I want to go diving now. Who am I going to go diving with? Yeah. Right. Well, that's a good way to do it is to hook up with a local dive club. You're going to meet a lot of new people that way, and you know they'll tip you off to a lot of the local sites and, and how you do things uh, for your particular area. It's really helpful. <clears throat> yeah. I assume that uh, altitude diving is something that you need to learn here with our lakes, you know, because we're at, here in Salt Lake, we're at 4,500 feet above sea level. Oh, wow. The mountains, any of the lakes. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that we don't normally have to consider here, but yeah, you, you have the consideration of your, your dive tables are, uh, could be a little different. Uh, I am ashamed to say I can't quite remember at what depth that changed. Do you happen to remember, Jim? No, I sure don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. You're, you're, you you got to be pretty close if you're not there already. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll have to do that. And then also, I think some of your gear might be tuned a little bit differently when you're at those altitudes. Hmm. I hope he, hope he teaches us that. Yeah, I, the, 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 I'm sure they will. And and it is covered in the book because we all went through it, but. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're kind of going, gosh, I wonder when I'm going to need that. But yeah. the most important thing is just to know that that's there. So, if, you know, like if I was going to go to Denver, uh, yeah, I definitely would want to take a look to make sure that I had brushed up on that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And then also the, the thing that sticks out is just the, also the flying, you know, making sure you leave yourself enough time uh, after and before uh, air flying to when you can get back in the water. That's right, because you're going up in altitude. Yes, so it's kind of the same thing as uh, when you're when you're coming up from after a dive. So you hit you Monday and Wednesdays is your class now. Yep, I have two more classes left, and then I believe we have reservation on the 22nd and 23rd at the crater for our open water search. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. That would be fun. So it's it's not that long of a class, even when you, you don't do the short course of, you know, four four days of class isn't too bad, and then you're open water. No, no, and it goes by so fast. We get out get out at about 10.30 at night. It's like, wow, where did all the time go? It just goes zooming on by. Yeah. Gosh, Jim, it makes me want to take another class. I was just yeah. thinking about that the other day. There's probably a couple we should take. Yeah, well, I need to get my uh, rescue diver. You got one ahead of me on that, but we could do that. And uh, there's got to be some some other little odds and ends. Oh, we got to do nitrox, but that really we won't have a dive for that. Right. I think that's all pretty much textbook. So yeah, we, we'll have to find one. Maybe a, maybe a good uh, wreck penetration might be a good class to do. 
I'm up. I'm up for it. Oh, yeah, don't forget we've got a Mac gave us a reminder. Our chamber dive is coming up on the 22nd. Ooh, that is good. Yes, we got a chamber dive where we're going to go down at least to 125 feet, and I think we'll actually go a little bit deeper, provided one of us doesn't get narked too bad. Wow. Or deeper if somebody does get narked. <laughs> yeah, and that, you're, you're already there. So, uh, but I, I'm kind, I'm kind of interested in doing that. So far, the deepest that I've had the opportunity to do is out there at Lake 16, where we've had that 83 feet. So right. it'll be nice just to see. I understand there's quite a bit of difference as we go deeper to 125. Uh, you'll get that. Uh, I mean, it's you're pretty much guaranteed narc, but as you get used to it and see it more and more, it's uh, easier to operate and be functional. To in realize that, that you're yeah. in there, yeah. Mac uh, gave us a correction. It looks like it's 160 feet is what the chamber dive is for. Yep. So, 160. Yeah, because there's there's the option. You you can go 125 is what they do most of them. But if you know somebody like Mac does, you can uh, get the special dive to 160. So that'll be a good one for logging. Wow, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> It, it's pretty impressive when you, even 60 feet um, is to go 40 feet. To look up, if you can see all the way to the surface, um, it's pretty impressive um, to, to realize that I am way under here. Um, it's very cool. I was actually reading a blog post that somebody had this week, and they were doing a chamber dive where they were underwater. So the chamber had, I think it was six or 10 feet of water in it. Really? So you would go diving down. So you were down 10 feet and then they were using it for technical dive training. So they, oh, could, okay. take, so they could take somebody down. And one of the exercises that they did was they had different gas mixes. So they would intentionally narc, you know, narc you and then they'd have you change gases and see what the effects was. And they would go down in these groups of four and they went and switched, and you get the tunnel vision and all the side effects you get with diving some of those deep death, depths. And they said the last uh, gentleman in their group, he went and changed the mix, and he just, you know, kind of lost it. He, uh, you know, took the regulator out of his mouth, and they had to force it back in on him, and mm-hmm. and everything. And then they 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 went back. They you know they got the other gas uh, that would. Uh, help counter it and they said the funny thing is that the guy refused to believe that it had happened and that was kind right. of like a side effect as you don't realize what happened so it just kind of shows where some of this training these chamber dives can come in handy uh, uh, for for training and education mm-hmm. wow. very cool so as we're talking about your open water class from the the past week What's what's the the favorite thing that you've experienced? I mean, what's what's the like you mentioned going under and, and being now liberated or, or seeing that the world opens up? Um, what's your yeah, favorite my, part so far? That has to be my favorite part, actually, getting down there and just no fear, no anxiety, and then I just can't wait to get to the deep end because you have a little bit more room to move around. Yeah, you're not bumping the sides and the bottom and stuff, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's been kind of fun doing the exercises underwater, you know, taking your mask off and having to orient it. It 
it's very yeah. confidence inspiring, isn't it? I mean, to be able to know that you can do those things. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, ever been in the water without plugging my nose before. So to do well, that. Have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know what you mean, because sometimes if I jump in the water, it doesn't seem how much I blow air out my nose as I'm jumping in. I always seem to get something up it, but I don't have that same problem scuba diving. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. And I don't know, just doing the exercises and, and having, you know, finding that I can do it. Mm-hmm. Just, right. Now, did you have any problem with the mask clearing? I did with my first mask. Right. Uh, well, the that's second right. mask. That's right. The second mask, I didn't. At first it did, and then I tightened the strap a little bit, and I had no problems at all with that. Yeah, very good. Now, but, you, but clearing it was different. I had to use a different technique. Uh, now you you've had you mentioned your mask. What style mask was it that you couldn't couldn't get clear? Was it an oval mask or was it a single window mask? Or it was a single window you, mask. You know, yeah, I, I can't can't remember what it was called or anything. But right, it's masks are a very personal thing. What works for one person will not work for the other. One, what one person loves, the other person will hate. <clears throat> it's kind of like a Ford Chevy thing. Um, once you find one that works for you, you're gonna you're gonna probably stick with it. <clears throat> yeah, I'd me. like to try the mask that has the the self purge, you know, there on the nose, mm-hmm. just to just to try it to see what it's like. But the instructor said, well, that's just one more thing that can go wrong. That's kind of his way of looking at it. That eventually you will have to replace yeah. the disc in there. Well, eventually you're gonna get so so proficient at it, you're gonna be able to clear it without even thinking about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the benefits of the purge <clears throat> really are are going to be nullified by soon. You're just going to be able to flip your mask and, and clear it out and, and go on about your business. Um, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. You will. Absolutely. It yeah, won't it, take that long. No, you, you'll you'll have that pretty much down. You know, if not, by the time you're out of open water within a couple dives after it, you'll, you'll be all set with that. Just have to remember to quit trying to breathe out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you you're gonna want to handle that. That's that's gonna yeah. have to get under control there. But yeah, that, that, that's once in a while I forget. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, you won't forget that one too many times. Uh, I I bet by next Wednesday you you won't be making that one that mistake again. <laughs> no, it does take some getting used to though at first. Just right. breathing out of. Yeah. It's, oh, I just can't got, believe how much fun I'm having, though. It's just now I'm trying to get my friends and my my sister to do it. And oh, you, certainly that that that's kind of the next goal that we'll have. It's to like have, maybe. working for Amway once you start scuba diving. Exactly. And trying to get everybody going. Yeah, that's that's what, yeah. that's what we've been doing. Now that, that's I'm why not, that's why we started the program. You know, if we can get a couple thousand more, then we'll have some more dive buddies to dive with. Right. Yeah. That's right. All over. Yeah. It's, so next week, um, Monday, right? You're going to be doing. Do you know what you're going to be doing next week? I don't. I have no idea. I, I know we're going to be studying the tables, but I don't know what we're going to be doing in the water yet. So your homework is study the tables this weekend, and then uh, they'll probably have a big pop quiz for you on Monday. I think on Wednesday is our big 50 question quiz, the big test. Ah, okay. And that's we have to swim 200 yards on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Now, how how are you feeling about being able to dive that far? Uh, 
200 yards? Yeah. I don't know. The, I don't know. I, I'll do it. Yep. But I don't know if we're going to be doing it with our gear or if it's just to make sure that we can swim. Because that's the way, when I read, I mean, you guys have gone through it. I haven't. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you have your gear on or not. I just thought it was I'm, just check to make sure that we can swim. There, there's yeah. two there's two distances. There's one, if you want to have flippers on, you have to swim farther. But if you just swim without, you don't have to swim as far. Uh, my recommendation on that is to do it without the flippers. And it's not timed. At least it wasn't when we did it, was it, Jim? We could just you just had to make the distance. It, yeah, I, I think there was a time, but it was it was pretty long. And the trick that I always have is I I start out way too fast trying to hang with the the leader and that doesn't last for more than a couple of a couple of kicks and then i'm all winded but it's slow and steady you know there's no no rush now one thing that that makes me remember is did you do the uh, the treading in the water not yet that's going to be on wednesday too Mm -hmm. and that's another one there's no no sense wearing yourself out just kind of just keep your face up and and uh ride it out the time will go by a lot quicker that way yeah it's, yeah, it's better if I you mean. make somebody else laugh, though. Then you can watch them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, well, that's great. We'll look forward to hearing about your experiences next week, and we'll have you uh, back on the program for that. If you're All able right, to come All right, sounds on. great. Oh, sure. Great. Great. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. Uh, the first story we have up here is the... The, and I, I did them out of order. I sent them to both Shelly and Jim before the show, but uh, we'll mix them up a little bit. I, uh, first one is going to be on the geographic North Pole. We did this article earlier in the year, if you remember, Jim, Yeah. Uh, about the the groups that had gone up to the North Pole where they, they didn't quite start the North Pole, but they're working their way south, and they were diving. And it's still hard to believe there's people diving in ice this time of year, at least in the northern hemisphere. But they are, and it's melting fast. So we'll have links in the show notes again like we do every week onto this article. But they're seeing things changing. Uh, They're expected to be airlifted out any day now, and you can follow them on their websites. But they're saying they're starting to be able to notice from underneath when they're doing the ice dives, it melting. They've got algae growing in the water and on the ice, and they said things are, are changing rapidly. Wow. They've Now, if anybody hasn't um, linked to it from the site uh, from the Scuba Obsessed site, and take a look at some of these pictures. They are amazing. Um, just awesome looking. Yeah, it, I love the one from the bottom looking up through the opening and, and seeing the diver uh, silhouetted against the, the ice in the open water. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and then you see the ones where they're on the surface. Cause, so they, they don't have you know, people bringing all their gear with them as they move between these locations, they actually have to take it with them themselves. So they've got these, these sleds that will float and then they're jumping over these ice, uh, carafts, uh, caverns or, or cracks in the ice. Crevasses. Crevasses. That was, that was the term I was looking for. Ice crevasses. (laughs) You got to put the, the, the the sling on it. the, The fling on it. So, but uh, very interesting, and I'm looking forward. I bet they're going to write some good articles throughout the year about their discoveries, uh, and they and they've been going quite quite a ways. I mean, it it had to have been a couple. I'm looking in here in the article, see if I can find out when they started. But uh, they're now at, at on May 5th, and it it seemed like they started what probably February, weren't they? Ah, 
I, I can't believe it doesn't say here in the article, and I should have looked back at my notes, but uh, definitely interesting. So the French ski and scuba team, is uh, they had a pickup, and then the Japanese team is uh, getting ready to go. Wow. Okay, the next article, we, we, we've got the next two, one, next two articles are a little bit on the darker side, but I think they're valuable to learn from. The first one is scuba diving deadly for people older than 50. So when you look at this article, they're talking about uh, the statistics that are involved with people over 50. And wh- what they're trying to do a little bit, and, and this is normally a pro-dive uh, publication where this article comes from, uh, is that there, there's some people who are trying to say that the dive industry is trying to under-report the risks that are involved with diving and then you've, they've got, they say that some of the dive industry is also overly optimistic where they'll use statistics like uh, diving is safer than bowling. So, uh, you know, what was your take on this one, Jim? Well, you know, it's, it's if there's going to be something that's going to happen, it's likely going to be uh, heart-related or, or something to that effect that if it were to happen on land, you know, uh, it's pretty much noticeable, and, and somebody can jump in and, and give assistance right off the bat. In the water, it's a different story. Um, even if you can get somebody up to the surface, uh, and not to paint it dark, you know, anymore, but to be honest, um, the possibility of, of uh, resuscitation on the surface until you're on a solid surface are next to nil. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know that it's it's that of an unsafe sort sport, but when when something happens, uh, it it tends to tends to go bad from uh, from there. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's a catalyst. If you've got something that's going to happen, so say if you weren't diving in the next nine months, you're going to have a stroke or a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Diving is going to bring that to the forefront a lot sooner because of the stress that's involved. So some things to learn from this article or the study is that you know as we get to where at least where Jim and I are where you're you're over 40 uh, it's a good idea to get that annual physical uh, so if there's something that your doctor can catch you know maybe we've got high blood pressure or we're starting to get some clogging of the arteries or or things along that we can catch it you know so we're not discovering it when we're in the water uh, also what they're saying in this article is that many of the uh, people are in the off season aren't keeping physically fit. So if you're 22 and you've been a couch potato all winter and then you decide that you're going to do something strenuous and dive in, in April, you're, you're probably going to be okay. Your, your body's better able to handle that. If you're 56 and you didn't do anything all, all winter and you do that same thing that that 20 something did, you're insignificantly more stress that you're putting on the body. So, uh, just something to consider that, you know, th- this isn't a, a, a sport without risk, but, uh, I think if, if we take responsibility for ourselves and know what our health is, we'll be okay. Uh, in the end, they said that for divers over 50, the fatality rate was three in, what was that number there, Jim? Did you see that? A hundred thousand? Um, yeah, some 33. Great- so <clears throat> over 60 was 33 per 100,000. 33 per, per 100,000. So sometimes it's hard to when you're just looking at those numbers to mm-hmm. do that. So 
And it, it reaffirms that, though, is that uh, heart-related deaths are 13 times higher among divers over 50 than those who are younger. Um, you know, in the end result of of these issues is uh, whatever leads up to it, it's it's often drowning that's the final final cause um but you know you could have a, a heart problem or, or a, a light stroke or, or something like that and uh in the rescue class that was really brought to the forefront when i took that was you know um in the water and on the water there's not not a whole lot you're going to do the the important thing to do is get quickly to a solid surface where you can begin to uh, a, get in the first responders and, and begin resuscitation if it's uh, if it's possible so at what level does the fatalities get too high to where it's too much of a risk? Uh, before they start licensing and, and uh, outlawing it? Is that what you're asking? Well, I'm not saying outlawing it, but I mean for you personally, at what point, you know, oh. like, so this is 33 per 100,000. So, you know, I, I plan on diving into my 60s. So, you know, that number doesn't scare me, but what number would? when they have the stats to say this is how deadly it is. Would it scare you at all uh, looking at the numbers, or would it have to happen to somebody close to you before you'd pay attention anyway? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I would have to say, you know, it, definitely if it happened to anybody close to me, anybody who I'm diving with, and even if I wasn't diving at the time, you'd have to think. And, you know, of course right. you'd be second-guessing because it's a good chance they might not ever know what the real cause is. You know, they might say, you know, like you said, it's drowning or he had a heart attack, but, you know, you'd have to think about it. Uh, I don't know, you know, but the, 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 the tough thing, and you see it not only in scuba diving, but in all activities, is just what's the proportion of risk. Uh, you know, we'll get upset when we see something that appears to be out of our control and there's unfortunate fatalities, but statistically, it's probably going to be safer than, you know, driving down the road. Hmm. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that a number would, would steer me away from it now. I know, um, a lot of it's in my own hands as to making sure that I stay within my own skill level, um, not overreaching, um, you know, things like that. And, you know, as far as a heart attack, I, I could have a heart attack out mowing my lawn this weekend, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, that's tough. That's kind of dark. I don't like to think about stuff like that. <laughs> I'd rather so, put my head in the sand. Exactly. So, and that's normally why I don't cover it, but it's, I, I just thought it was a compelling article to look at. Uh, mm -hmm. Shelly, did anybody talk about the risks when you, you know, has that been covered in the book or when you first started? Ooh, I, I'm sorry. We, we, she's off. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, we'll, 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 Good night, Shelly. Yeah, thanks for coming on the program. We'll catch you next time. Okay, let's go ahead and go on to the next article, which is UK cave diver's body recovered 39 years after he died. Oh. Yeah, see, I, I kept it up. So that's why I did him in this order. So we'll get this out of the way. And, but I just thought that this was, you know, uh, something to talk about. And this was uh, a diver, Paul, in February of 1971, and this is over in the UK, uh, was cave diving in the uh, Brecon Beacons National Park. And they just now were able to recover his body. Uh, at the time, the diver was a 21-year-old medical student at Bristol University. 
and uh, it was a sump, which I, I don't know if that's a British term or if that's something technical of cave diving, not being a cave diver, but it was February 1971. It's a type of a, of a portion of a cave, I believe. Okay. Just describing a, a room or a, um, an area of a cave. Uh, he'd, he had gone through the training from uh, an open scuba water diver to a cave diver, and he had followed a fixed line that had become detached. Uh, mm-hmm. It had washed downstream, 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 and I imagine because there's a little bit of current, he, you know, there was a little tension on it, so he followed it, thinking that he was leading him along a safe route. Uh, this particular cave is a reputation as second most deadly cave in modern British potholing, as they've called it, and it claimed seven lives since seven since 1957. Uh, including uh, a 17-year-old back in July 2002. So this just wow. reinforces how dangerous cave diving can be. We have a very good video posted on the website. Uh, so you, we'll get the one for where Shelly's going to do her open dive posted. And we have this one on cave diving that will be posted. And uh, now listen to the video and they're serious that you have to have training. So I think it's safe. But, you know, this sounds like a tragic accident where the line wasn't there. And I'm, I'm hoping that in the cave diving training, they, they talk about some things, you know, like I imagine some of the things is having a primary tie off where you've tied off, kind of like we do in ice diving and that you check your lines. You, know, you can't rely on lines that other people have put down, which could, which may be what happened here. Right. So, so 39 years, the families were there when they brought them up. So this is a, a planned event so a little bit of closure to the family but you know, let's let's hope everybody dives safe and we don't have this repeated so now on to some more positive lighter news <laughs> uh, working our way up so you know if that on a scale of one to ten was a one as far as being positive this next one's going to be a six or seven uh, not super positive but it, it's definitely better waiting for my internet to pick up can you still hear me jim I can hear you. You can hear me. So internet's just slow. At least this website is. So this is scuba divers are needed for Dana Point Harbor cleanup. Uh, this is the Orange County Registers talking about that. So if you happen to be in that particular a- area, Dana Point Harbor, they have organizers who, are, who have a senu- semi-annual underwater cleanup. And they're open to haul away more, even more debris and items for recycling uh, this Saturday. So if you're anywhere this Saturday, not anywhere, if you're there this Saturday, uh, I'm sure they, they'd like, they could use some assistance. So we'll have a link in the show notes. If you happen to be there, the event is planned at 8:30. It's going to run to noon in the East Basin Marina on the Cove side of the Harbor between gangway one I and gangway L. And it's part of the Harbor's uh, water quality improvement program. It's one of those things, if I was in the area, I would definitely be doing it. I'd love to do those ecology dives. Uh, it's if, always un- if anybody's ever never uh, participated in one of those, it's really a lot of fun. Um, and what we did, and hopefully we'll do it again this year, is you put a, a, a attach a point count and it was so much for a golf ball and so much for a cup and so much for this and that. Um, to find some of the stuff that you can you can grub up out of the silt, it's uh, it's really kind of a blast. Didn't you have a fun time then? Oh, I certainly did. And 
the the prizes weren't too shabby either at the one that we did. I can't speak for right. if they're going to do any prizes, but uh, the top grubber, the one who had the most points, uh, got an air tank. Uh, it was an aluminum eighty. So uh, yeah, you, you can't beat that. And there were door prizes. Uh, you know, I got a save a dive kit from the sure. door prizes, and yep. it was a blast. So yeah, it was. And, and you it, find all sorts of weird stuff that gets brought up, stuff you normally wouldn't pay much attention to on a regular dive. Um, you know, uh, in this particular one, we brought up an engine block. Uh, what were some of the other really weird things? Um, just odd. Well, and that's right. That's where I found that milk bottle that I pulled up. Right. Uh, anchors. Uh, yep. Finally got tired of hauling right. up anchors. Yep. Uh, and just, <clears throat> but, just about anything yeah. you can imagine. Anything that goes into a junkyard that somebody's going to throw in the water will be there in the water. But the, definitely the largest one was that, excuse me, engine block. But yeah, they're they're a lot of fun, and I hope uh, I wish them well in that that project. Yeah, and if and if you have any of these type of uh, cleanups coming up or events with your dive club, send them on to us. We'll cover them in the show, and we'll we'll talk about them, and we'll link back to the site so maybe we can get some people out. Uh, I bet it'll be surprising how many people are in your area that dive that might not realize that you're also a diver. So it's a good way to mm-hmm. organize with people uh, and and get in the water and enjoy diving. This next article is another one on a river cleanup. This one's already passed, and it was up in Canada. Calgary uh, police officers joined some scuba divers to clean up uh, the city's rivers this last Saturday. The CPS Marine Unit and members of the Underwater Outlaw Scuba Club were on the Bow and Elbow Rivers, uh, and, and they got some, some cleaning. They, they put on their gear, and they, they got stuff off the bottom, uh, beer counts, beer bottles, bikes, shopping carts, anything had been thrown down, and they picked it up. And this was part of the 43rd Annual Pathway and River Cleanup. So congratulations to them. Good job. Uh, we always like to hear about uh, about those cleanups. Uh, the next article is, uh, and this one made me think of our of our friends out in Virginia. And uh, I see they're, they're off now. They, I think they were in the chat room there. Yeah, and this they were. Is, drive an underwater school bus at Virginia Scuba Spot. And this is Lake Rawlings, which I think is one where we've been invited to go to. So uh, as the weather's getting warmer, they're having more diving going out there. You uh, click onto this. And Southern Virginia, they have a, a a location, and they've got this bus. So the lake has two school buses, and they have names, which I think is appropriate. Miss Nikki and Wayne. <laughs> you think those names are appropriate or just that they are named? That they are named. I don't know the name. I bet there's a good story as to why. I'm they're, sure there Miss, are. Miss Nikki and Wayne. And Wayne. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe somebody can email us and explain where those came from. Uh, they have an underwater collection of cars. They have some vans. Deeper depths around the lake are 50 feet. They, they even have a few skulls lining many of the rocks. So... You know, I don't. I don't know if that means that they're real skulls or kind of like some of the like Lake 16, where they've got the plastic. At least I'm assuming that's a plastic skull in Lake 16. Boy, is I've it... never hung around long enough to find out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not hanging out by it. You never know what else is swimming down there. That's a dark lake. Yep. Uh, uh, the, it has its very own Nomad 22 twin engine airplane. So. Uh, and, and it sounds like admission's pretty reasonable, twelve fifty, uh, for to get in. Oh, and that's on Wednesdays, I guess. Wednesdays it's uh twelve fifty to get in. So we have that in the show notes. 
then we have another article, uh, bus-related. This one is over in Illinois. Uh, A group just sank the Go West, a a Go West bus. A bus was dropped in the bottom of a quarry. The Mockham Fire Department, uh, the students of uh, the Western Western Illinois University had been prepping a bus uh, since late last year, and they just sunk it this this last weekend. So in just over 30 seconds, 10 tons of city bus went from land vehicle to makeshift boat, and then uh, floating in 15 uh, feet of water. Uh, they, they, with the help of a truck and a tractor, uh, they got that floated and moving, and then they sunk on the bottom. So I guess they spent quite a bit of the year cleaning it up, and then they had some interesting times planning it. So always looking for stuff to sink. In fact, uh, we're looking for some ideas. We, we, we've got people in Dive Club who, who want to have something to sink, and you know we, we need some ideas. I mean, everybody's kind of done the boats, but uh, what, what do you think we should sink, Jim? I, I, I keep thinking back to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know, I'd like to. I don't know something creative. Yeah. Um, buses seem to be the in thing this week. Um, oh, I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to think about that. Something that you wouldn't normally see. Um, you know, that haven't been done at the quarries and things like that. That'd yeah, be I, a good good homework project. I, I agree. I, I, I keep. Yeah, I'm, as I'm driving, looking around, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, somebody had mentioned maybe some tractor stuff, but you know, a lot of the tractor implements, you know, the drags or the plows or anything that you could sink, they're very heavy for one thing. And in the muck, I just imagine you sink that, and there'd be like three inches that would be above the bottom. <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> it would be an experiment in Braille. To yeah. see it after a while. Yeah. That's true. We've got some pretty soft, uh, soft. I was going to say soft bottoms around here, but that's not quite right. There's a uh, yeah. The, you you got to be careful when you talk about the, soft bottoms. The silt is pretty thick <clears throat> in some of the places that we dive. That's better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the silt's pretty. One thick. suggestion is a flying saucer. Um, I'm a, I'm up a for flying that. Saucer? Huh? Yeah, flying saucer. Uh, so if we we have somebody donate a flying saucer. Um, I'd, I'd be in for that. Huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to find a flying saucer. Hmm. I don't want to be on a flying saucer. <laughs> I've heard about what they do to people on those. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of medical experiments along with no, it. No, uh, I don't like that idea. No probes or anything? No. Okay, the next article is a barber wear scuba diving suit for 24-hour fundraiser. Uh, this is over in the UK, uh, and and I and I had to translate from English to English so we could understand it. <laughs> I, I love how they talk in these, but it's you uh, mean from English to American. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, we <laughs> of course I, I I think English is a second language. I'm just trying to figure out what my first one is. Uh, but the, here, I'm going to offend some people. You know, I got online or I was on the telephone to contact um, one of the businesses that I have my money at, and it's press. English was the second option. 
Oh, that yeah. That, anyway, that let's get on to the this story here. Oh God, yeah, that that always drives me nuts. Uh, the the thirty five year old he donned uh his scuba gear, and they everybody likes to call it a scuba suit. So, am I incorrect in saying wetsuit, or should it be scuba suit? Uh, wetsuit. Wetsuit. See, I agree. So, whenever I see scuba suit, like if I'm following Twitter and somebody says scuba suit, I know it's not a diver. Just this, I I can assume that. Yeah, but don't we refer to our fins as flippers? That's that's a no no. Is that a no no? Flippers. Flippers. Flippers is fun, but it's it's actually uh, fins. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to get a ruling from the judge on that. Yeah, we'll we'll have to find out. I, I think to say something just to be goofy is fine. So uh, anyway, he uh, he had more than 300 people uh, attracted to the event. And it uh, sounds like he got quite a good uh, fundraising going in there. So congratulations to him. Uh, it was for, what, what was the cause? I was going to say it's for a good cause, but I'm not even sure. Uh, the, the, it's part of the pubs it's, raising charity for support. Arms, armed forces personnel. Forces personnel. Yes. Okay. Yep. It was, uh, and I'm assuming, uh, over in England, uh, one of the quotes is he told the Sentinel, a lot of people who come into my shop have done tours with the RAF Navy or the army. So I've seen the effect it can have, and I wanted to do something to help. Isn't that great? You know, he's an everyday guy mm-hmm. that jumped up and, uh, did something. Yep. Well, that, Wow. We made it through the news, so we started in in the darkness and came out into the light. So, <laughs> so, so don't forget to head over to the uh, Scuba Obsessed website, scubaobsessed.com. Right. Uh, we'll have the the links posted. We also have uh, the video of Shelley's going for open water. Will be there. That'll be the video of the week. And you know what? I I think it's time to where we can talk about. Uh, our our last dives. Right. Well, I didn't do it. You didn't do any. So dives. we can talk about yours. Well, yeah, we can. So I I actually did get a dive in uh, last Saturday. Went down to Michigan City, Indiana. Uh, Captain Bob, Kurt, myself, and uh, another diver, David. And I apologize if I get his name wrong. I I kept thinking Daniel or Dan, but I think it's David. So first time I had dove with him, uh, we got to Michigan City. Uh, we went out there. If you've if you've ever seen a picture of the Michigan City Lighthouse, it's pretty similar to St. Joe Lighthouse, uh, except for the piers cro- crooked. So I'm thinking they had leftover steel when they made it. You okay there? And don't forget the ringtone when you're done. Oh, the ringtone. <laughs> oh, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so we, we went out of Michigan City, and uh, you know Captain Bob retained his legendary status of being able to find the wreck. We dove on the wreck, the Muskegon. You know, and as, as I'm talking about this, I'm realizing that I probably should have the uh, the notes I I did up on that. So, oh, yeah, yeah, so. Head over to the posting, did all that work, all that uh, on the article. And, you know, I always thought I would be able to remember it off the top of my head, but I, I need to go back and, and look at it. Now, the uh, the weather was pretty good that day, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, the, the weather was nice. Uh, we had had some nice sun 
going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the water temperature was downright balmy for us in the fifties. Uh, so that's that was a, great. It was so we're officially out of. I would call cold weather diving. In fact, I'm trying to think next time I go diving if I'm going to throw uh, long johns or anything under the wetsuit. I think I'm just down to a seven mil wetsuit again, and I didn't do any priming, and it didn't feel bad at all. Right. Good. Yeah. Good. What about what about wave action? Was uh, it enough to get anybody green? Uh, not bad. Uh, David and I sat in the surface probably for for five minutes. So, mm-hmm. uh, what we did is, uh, Bob had it on his GPS and his GPS was acting up. So mm-hmm. I, I, I put a track, I posted a GPS track for anybody who wants to take a look at it. So, uh, we, we kind of went all the way around the site, drifted back. Uh, he was able to, you know, we are, we are, we're within 200 yards of shores where this wreck is. So we're all on our cell phones, you know, looking up GPS coordinates to see if we could find it since his GPS was acting up. Uh, but when it came down to it and he said, okay, here's where we're going to put it, he drops the anchor and just as always, he drops it right smack dab in the uh, middle of the wreck. So we were right on location. David went in first and then he went down the line, came up, said, yep, we hit it. Uh, I jumped in. We were bouncing on the surface for a little bit and I wasn't feeling bad, but it's just kind of like, you know what? I've had enough of this. Uh, Kirk and Bob, uh, were just about ready to jump in. So we, we thought we were pretty safe and going down. Uh, mm-hmm. Viz, unfortunately, wasn't as good as I would like. I would say five feet might be a generous viz on that. It was probably closer to three to four. So, you know, th- there was that. But uh, we did see there's tons of goby down there. Uh, you know, uh, there's also a large fish, which I couldn't identify uh, we got close to it and it swam off. So it looked like it was at least 40 feet. So I'd guess it's really about three, four. It's probably an Asian carp. Ooh, yeah. That, I, uh, I hope not. hope it's not Asian carp. Uh, for those of you who haven't followed up on the Midwest, the Asian carps have been coming up the Mississippi and they made it into the canal there by Chicago, the Chicago River. When you drive a boat, it scares them and they come flying in the air and they can knock you out. And they're, they haven't been, I don't think they've been seen in Lake Michigan yet. No, I don't think they have. I don't think so. Um, but it's just a matter of time the way I understand it. It's going to be there. And and, and yeah, it could have been there. I don't know where the Asian carp like to hang out, but it was a big fish. I, I, I'm going to at least pretend to myself it wasn't a carp, but this wreck was, uh, quite a bit different than the, the other two wrecks we've been on so far this year. Mm-hmm. The Havana and the South Bend, uh, those are pretty much rubble wrecks right down to the bottom. This one is still a rubble wreck. Uh, you know, it's pretty much tore up. It, it went down in the uh, 1800s. The Muskegon was a wooden hulled steamer built in 1872 in Cleveland, and the dimensions are 211 feet long, uh, 39.9 feet wide. Uh, and I believe the draft is 12.4 if I'm reading the dimensions right. In uh, 1907, it was converted, so it didn't sink before then. Uh, it was converted into a passenger and package freighter, the Peerless, and it became a bulk freighter, which meant that they literally what they would do in those days is take the uh, the top parts of the vessel down. So when you see the pictures of it, uh, the top parts were, were gone, and then they would just load cargo in the top of it almost like a barge. Uh, and then uh, in 1910, uh, 
uh, a few years later, they it became a sand sucker, which I have to assume is, uh, I don't know if it's taking the sand from shore, from dunes, or if it was actually sucking sand from the bottom of the lake. On October 6, 1910, while in the service for the Sand and Gravel Company, the vessel caught fire at the dock in Michigan City, and in order to put the flames out, they scuttled it and pushed it adrift. So they, you know, it, it lowered in the water, uh, but was still positively buoyant, and it it floated out into the deep. It didn't sink though. So I'm I'm <laughs> imagining this this hull just kind of floating at the waterline, and then in 1911, so several months later, it uh, washed up and beached itself to where it is now. There's no loss of life life in the sinking of the Muskegon, but there was a tragedy connected to the wreck. Uh, the owners sent the another vessel, the J.D. Marshall, 154-foot wooden lumber hooker to salvage the Muskegon deck and the sand-sucking equipment because you know that's a value and they could reuse it. They outfitted the Muskegon equipment on the Marshall itself, which sank promptly the following day because it was overladen, and that oh. ended up killing four men. So Man. nobody died in the original wreck, but after the salvage operation, there was some fatality. Uh, the shipwreck has been extensively surveyed, and in 1989, it was listed in National Register of Historic Places. So this is another thing that is just so great about scuba diving is you're essentially diving on a historic landmark. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we go to Washington, D.C., and you go to landmarks, everything's got the guardrails around it. You know, you can kind of see it, but you really can't get to it. You know, you're diving in the water. You are on that wreck. There's nothing between you and the history. And, you know, like you say, we didn't take anything off the wreck, but you could just get there so you can touch the wood. There was some some wood that was exposed. This wreck site is shallow. Uh, I think it was about 30 feet. We were within 200 yards of shore. And the boat ride, it was only like 1.7 miles from the lighthouse. So it was a little quick ride, not bad at all. So even if you get seasick, make sure you get a boat that goes quick, get your gear on, and get down. And there's there's boats in Michigan City if you want to go dive on it that will take you out. There's a good three or four wrecks there. That's what uh, I, I understand. Not far out there, yeah, there's a couple that you can do real quick. Yep. So... The vessel is pretty well broken up, but you can understand and see what it is. So uh, there were some some boards that were fairly clear. In fact, uh, quite a bit now as I as I think back on it. Uh, uh, there's a nice three-bladed propeller that is, is quite large. It, it would make a great backdrop for a photo. Uh, the boiler can be penetrated. It was way too dark for me to try and penetrate. I didn't have my dive light with me, and there's just no way I was going in. Bob and Kurt. Uh, did go in and dive on it. Uh, so overall, that was a great dive. Uh, I got in it probably like it. Probably one of my longest dives. Uh, David called the dive a little early. Uh, he just wasn't feeling the greatest and and got out. So uh, I went back down the line and waited till uh, Kurt and Bob got to where I was. Bob was a little spooky down there in that rebreather. Uh, he's just like a phantom drifting in and out of, as, as he says, those, us normal noisy bubble makers. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Kurt found an anchor, uh, left it down there. He, uh, and it's, this is not the anchor to the, 
to the vessel itself. It's an anchor right. that probably a, a fisherman got caught up in the wreck and you know had to ditch. So he dug that out. I, I dug a couple lures out from the wreck. Uh, there is fishing nets that are caught on the wreck. Uh, there's some uh, some like tow straps down there. I can't figure out what those were were, were for. Too uh, did pull out a balloon. You know those balloons that people set up in the air with with ribbons on. I pulled that out. I was I was actually kind of hoping there's like a little card. You know, if found, uh, let somebody know. Right. Because that would have been you know how 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 amazing would that be if you're you know, a little girl set that off your birthday party and you say, Hey, this is found 30 feet underwater on the wreck of the, the Muskegon. So, but, uh, no such luck. Uh, so, but I went down and I waited for Kurt. I got to practice on my buoyancy. So I was doing the exercise that you do in the open water class where you just kind of float along the bottom and, uh, just barely touch. And, you know, as you breathe in, you float up and you breathe out, you float down. What was interesting is a goby, as I would, float down the bottom would like all line up facing me. So there'd be like 40 goby all just there. And then when I breathe in and float up, then I'd scare them and then they would all turn away and Viz would go from this wonderful five feet to about two feet <laughs> as they scurried off. Uh, but uh, yeah, it wasn't cold. Uh, I, I mean, I was a little chilly towards the end of the dive, but yeah, you know, it wasn't cold. Like, you know, an ice dive and I could have gone in and done a second tank, um, uh, we only took one tank. I brought two with me, but only one out on the boat. Oh yeah, right. Ah, boy, I would I would have loved to get a second dive in. Well, that time's a coming. Uh, it is. So uh, I guess there's some talk about this weekend. Uh, we'll have to call and find out. Uh, but I I don't really have anything for sure planned for this weekend. How about you? Uh, no diving. No diving. No diving. Uh, Mother's Day and. And things like that are going to take up almost all of the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I think the following weekend we'll have to hit it with a gusto. Yeah, yeah, I'll, ha- I'll have to get something planned. I'm, 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 I'm probably running up here in a weekend where I won't be able to dive just to, uh, uh, you know, to keep keep everybody happy, <laughs> spend some <laughs> spend some time. It does does take quite a bit of time when you die. We now we started off early, so that made that one a little bit more manageable than normal. Yeah. So uh wow, we've gone we've gone through quite a bit of an episode. Yeah, I think that uh, pretty much wraps oh, everything oh, some, up. Somebody else who've been diving, uh Mac got some some diving as we talked earlier in the program. He he did three days of diving. You said that earlier, but it didn't really sink in. He did three days in a row. Uh, I don't think they were in a row. I think he did f- sun Sunday. I right. think he did a dive, and then he did uh, like uh, Mon- uh, like Tuesday, Wednesday. I think he did dives. <laughs> so uh, he's gotten the kayak out where he's doing his uh, rig off the kayak, and uh, went down, and he's you know searching for bottles. So uh, there's one of the the photos on the Mud Club website that he says, if I look real close, I'll be able to see something. So I got to go on and, and zoom in and see what he's got there. It's gotta be something interesting. Otherwise he would, he would have said something. So we'll have to take a look, but, uh, just makes me all, you know, excited to go down and, uh, and do some grubbing too. Yeah. Uh, I think a good grub dive coming up would be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, make sure you head out to the website, uh, scubaobsessed.com. 
Uh, also, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. We have the Scuba Obsessed uh, Twitter account. We have the Darren Gilson account. We have the Jim Kleeman account. So go ahead and follow us. We also have the, the Facebook page. So make sure you head out to the Facebook page. And we also have the forums where you have some good conversations going along in there. So we've we've about uh, dried up another episode, haven't we? We have. Squeeze. I think we've gotten all the way yeah, through. Grabbed it, it uh, rung it out, took everything of value, and and now we can clean another tabletop with it. <laughs> uh, no, no tabletop cleaning. No tabletop. No. <laughs> People have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't even know right. if I do. So There'll be uh, none of that. None of that. So we're to that uh, time of the episode again, where you know what it is. Oh, I'll bet it's time for the, the, the bad scuba joke of the week. It, it certainly is. Oh, wait, wait, oh. wait, wait. Before we do this bad scuba joke of the week, we're going to talk about the new ringtones. Oh, yes. Yeah, we, we had two new ringtones. Uh, we had, uh, well, I, I'd say, well, we have two. We've had a few. Uh, we had six. This will be six, isn't it? This will five? Be, do I got five, six? Oh, my gosh. We have no clues what we're talking about. This is This is when the show runs off the rails right into the ground. <laughs> is when we have no idea what we're talking about. We can't remember what we did. Uh, so I've got five ringtones out there. I've got a six in the wings. So uh, on the on the show, we've, we've shown the one, two, and three. Uh, ringtone four is the dolphin sounds. So uh, this is what the dolphin sounds sound like. Boy, isn't that just amazing? Yeah, it is. It is. And then we've got the uh, ringtone number five, which uh, I just put out there yesterday. And that one was the whale songs. So here's what that sounds like. And that's a little different than the dolphin sounds, but... uh, uh, eerily similar i mean in fact if somebody reversed them and and said oh that's a dolphin that's a whale i i might be prompted to believe them now my dog likes this one the best the the dog likes the the, the whales, whales the whale yes yep. so what happens when you play it the dog just like... kind of really interested in who's on the phone apparently because <laughs> she's a looking um so it yeah she likes it uh the other one went off i was standing around with a bunch of my coworkers the other day and somebody called me um and uh you wouldn't believe the looks i got uh i had to explain <laughs> no really it's a dolphin and it's they a just dolphin. they didn't want to talk to me about it so uh, i think uh, it bothered I'm, them. now i'm trying to think of what they would have thought that it was yeah i don't know and i'm afraid to ask i think <laughs> so yeah, so we, we've got, that's number five, and then number six is going to be, and I'll put it here uh, in the episode, but it's uh, scuba, not scuba, why did I say scuba? I got scuba on the brain. It's uh, submarine sonar. Ah. So, and, and not quite the classic, but, uh, you know, maybe more of a modern sonar. I'm not a sub guy, so uh, some are sub friends if they can, maybe they can tell us what it is, but here's that one. So that that one that one's good. Not quite as alarming as the dive alarm, but uh, another good one. So if you have any ideas for ringtones, 
uh, we'll we'll keep making them. Uh, you know, well maybe when we get to a dozen, we'll stop for a while and and move on to something else. But uh, uh, you know, the, these are definitely unique conversation starters when uh, those ringtones go off. Not your everyday ringtone uh, that that you'll you'll see. No simple uh, music MP3 for me, thank no, you. No, 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 no samples of top of uh, pop rock or top forty songs. So. Okay, so here we are back back on track again to the really important things: the bad scuba joke of the week. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. A diver was sitting on the beach one day after a very good dive and wondering whether there'd be scuba in the afterlife. Out of nowhere, an angel appeared and said he had some good news and some bad news. The diver asked about the good news, and the angel replied that the good news is that there is diving in heaven, that there is no surge, that no one ever gets bent, and no one ever runs out of air. Then the diver asked, it certainly does. I, I would love that right now, at least I think I would. And then the diver asks, well, what's, what's the bad news? And the angel says, the bad news is that God, a diver, which is great news in itself, wants to go diving right now and he needs a buddy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, there you I go. I think that's it. I think that's it. So thank you for listening. Uh, again, thank you, Shelley Howard, for coming on the program uh we're, we're looking forward to hearing what you've got next week so we'll have her on at least the next two weeks uh it's great having her on giving us a little bit different perspective on on how diving's been uh certainly appreciate her so until next week go out and get wet and dive safe <laughs> <laughs>